Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello friends, welcome once again to Think Red Ink Ministries as we present The Words of Jesus Hope you've enjoyed this series so far I certainly have I love this part of my job and that is to um, search through the scriptures, find out what Jesus said, and then apply them, and try to add as little of my opinion as possible. Uh, sometimes that's kind of difficult. As you might have figured out, I'm a little opinionated on some things, but um, I try to make sure that uh, what I do tell you is uh, at least as honest as, as I can be, and um, it's not really a, just a, a continuation or a propagation of, of some uh, seminary ideas. Um, I am not necessarily against seminaries. I, I'm not necessarily against education and, and uh, looking in books and commentaries and things like that. I think, they're, I think they're important and they can enhance a person's understanding of the scriptures. Um, however, I think that it's uh, probably dangerous to uh, do so without uh, consciously making it a part of our lives to seek the Lord every day so that uh, we can understand what He has to tell us. We learned in, in the past uh, shows, you may remember, that uh, the Word of God actually has uh, an application that is just not commonly used today, and that is that Jesus Christ is indeed the Word of God. Uh, and what we have called the Word of God for very many years is simply the Scriptures. Um, you might think that that's major and on a minor, but uh, not if you uh, were listening to the shows. I'm certain that you couldn't walk away from, from that thinking that, uh, that these kind of things are not necessarily important, because they are. Um, and that is that uh, if Jesus Christ is the Word of God, He is the Word from God, uh, He is everything God has to communicate to us. You know, as Americans or as, um, you know, modern persons, we have a tendency to believe, especially in our age of, of uh, uh, progress, if you want to call it that, um, and uh, we have, you know, wonderful leaps in technology, in the medical industry, in the pharmaceuticals, uh, in education. Our ability to, uh, you know, just pick up a, a telephone today and access the internet, the internet, which is just a, a wealth of information and all kinds of communications from different people, and uh, you know, it's just it's a different world that we live in today. And I think that the average Christian today is uh, operating under a, uh, a misconception that uh, if there is anything to be gained in this life, it's going to be gained um, as a process of education. And uh, that if you need to, I don't know, you want to build a doghouse? You know, you ask Siri how to do it. <laughs> you type it into your phone. And you can get, uh, you know, 15, 20, maybe 2,500 uh, blueprints on uh, how to build a doghouse. It doesn't matter what you want to do or what you want to learn. Um, you know, there's just all kinds of information available. 
uh, in the area of uh, the medical industry and pharmaceuticals. Um, there are many, many answers that are uh, readily available to us, and we just, man, we just don't do without that much. And uh, so, in the area of uh, of our spiritual relationship to God, you know, things haven't really changed much at all. Everything pretty much rocks the way that it's been rocking for years. Uh, and there is a reason for that. Um, I saw a cartoon somewhere where, you know, some bleary-eyed guy in the middle of the night sitting there with his laptop and pecking on it. And then and it shows that the laptop says, you have reached the end of the internet. And uh, I don't think that there is such a thing as the end of the internet. But there can come a time when there's just nothing left to say. Uh, certainly, when you're dealing in, in things like truth, um, I think that it is it's very easy to come to the point where there is nothing left to say that is true. Um, and uh, there are um, misconceptions among many of us that there will always be a second chance, there will always be a second opinion, there will always be an answer that will come along. Uh, I remember uh, listening to or uh, reading a, a paper that C.S. Lewis wrote back in the 40s where he talked to a woman about... Um, uh, whatever preparation she made for her the end of her life, and she says, "Oh, I'm going. Uh, I, I'm I'm probably not going to die because by the time I get to be that old, they will have worked out a solution, a healing for me." Uh, there are people who believe that they're they're going to have themselves frozen and thawed out when the answers to cancer and leukemia and heart troubles and all these things when they're finally found out. Well, you know, a hope springs eternal, doesn't it? Well, it it really need not be so. And I don't think that it is necessarily so that hope needs to spring eternal, eternally. There is such a thing as too late. There is such a thing as the end of the internet, so to speak. Um, and uh, I say all that so that you would understand that there is an end of your redemption. There is not always going to be hope for you. There is not always going to be that next step, that next thing to learn that's going to put you over the hump. There is an end. As a matter of fact, you want to talk red ink here? Jesus said that that the things of the Son of Man hath an end. In other words, there will come a time when I am finished offering redemption, providing redemption. There will come a time when the things concerning the Son of Man hath an end. Does that worry you at all? Is that uh, kind of throwing a glass of cold water on the hope that springs eternal? Friend, if what I'm telling you is true, you need to know this. 
You can't just let this rock on to the end of your life having done nothing about it. There are things pertaining to you, namely the calling of God on your life. It can come to the point where if you don't answer this call, do you realize that hell is going to be full of people that are called and loved by God? Is that too hard for you to believe? The things concerning you has an end. But here's something that we should know. Even as Christians, even as those who have answered the call, even to those who are trying every day to have a relationship with God, the things concerning the Son of Man hath an end. They have an end. Do you realize that that is the time in which we're living? I was saying that there's always something new coming out of the medical industry. I think somebody told me once that the medical industry releases 5,000 press releases a day of new breakthroughs or healings or you know new miracle drugs or something that some doctor's working on. But whatever it is, press releases, 5,000 a day. It's ever-growing. Look at the scientific industry, and I call it an industry because that's what it is now. And uh, they found a, a new first man, a new first woman, a new dinosaur, and it's going to change everything. Oh, sorry. Uh, turns out it's not so. But we're going to do this now, and this is showing up, and this is showing up, and here's something new, and it's all over the science industry. It's all over the pharmaceutical industry. There's always a new pill. There's always a new something that's coming out. But it, you know, when it comes to these kind of things, it seems like the things that have pertained to the pharmaceutical industry, there is no end. When we look at the education um, industry, it shouldn't be an industry, but it is. And that is that there's... Um, there's uh, new classes and new professors and new, new uh, ideas and new majors and new uh, uh, things that are available to kids. And, and, you know, we have internet learning and people, you can get your degree online and you can, it, in every aspect of education, there's always something new. It's always going on. But the things pertaining to the Son of Man has an end. Here's what I want you to know that Jesus Christ is the Word of God. If He has an end, wouldn't it be that last paragraph? Do you think that another Savior is coming? Do you think that there's going to be another anointed one? Another Messiah? Another Redeemer of mankind? A kinder or a gentler one? Or one that's going to in, invade our world here and is going to fix everything? He's going to carry us all off? Listen, let me tell you something. The things concerning the Son of Man has an end. God has said everything He's going to say in the Word of God, Jesus Christ. He has done everything He's going to do in the embodiment of Jesus Christ. In him, 
dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily in one person, in one utterance, in one word, in one gift. God, when it comes to your redemption, is absolutely bankrupt. There is nothing else he can do to save you. There is nothing else he can teach you for you to learn to to make your life better. There is nothing else that he can say to you than what he has said through the word of God, Jesus Christ. You will have to seek him for this revelation because there's no new revelations coming out. There's nothing new. There's no Jesus 101. There's no Jesus beta version. There's no Jesus point two. It's, this is it. This is all there is. He is absolutely bankrupt. Could he have another son and send him to be murdered by us? It's not going to happen. Is there something else that needs to be said that wasn't said or lived through the life of Christ? There's nothing else. He's absolutely bankrupt. He's done all he can do to save us. We should appreciate that. And we should at least learn of the life that was given to us in, in his response to his own prophecy of redeeming us. We should at least know the Lord Jesus. And the first way to do that is to know his words. That's what we need to do. And that's what Think Red Inc. is all about. That's what this show is all about. We've been talking in the, uh, about the third chapter of this particular book that takes in Matthew 4 and Mark 1. And uh, what is the other? Luke 4. It talks about the temptation of Christ. We covered the first two temptations. I think we did that in uh, its entirety. Um, Jesus re- um, uh, deflected that um, that temptation by telling him that it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Um, and uh, we talked about uh, the fact that Jesus was making the point that it was written, but uh, wasn't necessarily calling upon any power that the, the scriptures um, would offer in this situation. It's written means that uh, it's written. That's all it means. Um, it doesn't necessarily even mean that it's true. Now, I'm going to leave you to deal with that on your own, but you realize there's things written in the Scriptures that aren't true. There's things written in there that Satan said. I think we dealt with that last time. Uh, There's things in there that he said. There's things in there that people who were absolutely wrong in what they had to say. It's written in the Scriptures. Uh, you can pretty much justify any kind of behavior, justify any kind of lifestyle, justify essentially anything you want through the scriptures. You'll never be able to justify them through um, uh, the, you know, as the word of God comes to us because that we know and we can't twist that around. Satan then took Jesus to the top of a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world saying, 
All these I will give to thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Jesus repulsed Satan with these words, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The temptation overcome, angels came and ministered unto him. This particular uh, temptation um, deals with uh, the subject that we talked about in subsequent programs, earlier programs, I'm sorry, um, that, um, that the worship of Satan was to do what he said to do. And he says, fall down and worship me. Um, he was saying that the, the falling down at the word of Satan to do so is worship of Satan. And if had Jesus participated in this, then he would have been able to have walked away with part of what he had what he had purposed to come to redeem. It's kind of hard for us to believe because uh, or, uh, to to add to our repertoire of thinking that Jesus came to redeem the kingdoms of this earth, but they are as much a part of his creation as we are, and that the 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 kingdoms of this earth are going to be and are part of his redemption process. His intention is to redeem this earth. As a matter of fact, you'll find in the book of Revelation that when he comes and defeats Satan for the final time in that final hour, the Bible says that he that that the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our God. Now, if you have to understand that the kingdoms belong to the world, therefore they belong to the prince of this world, the king of this world, Satan. I don't like saying that. I don't like believing that. I believe that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and I believe that you know this is God's world and he's in control. Well, you can believe that if you want to, but uh, the truth is that the kingdoms of this world belong to Satan. Now, they, you say, well, who says so? Well, Satan said so. Yeah, but he's a liar. Well, I want you to think about this logically for just a moment. Just because we don't like a particular concept does not mean that it's not true. Number one. Number two, I want you to look at this situation perhaps a little differently than you have before. This was a temptation to Christ. A temptation of Christ. This is Satan tempting the Lord Jesus. If it were not so, and it were not well known between these two beings that the, wor the, the, the kingdoms of this world actually belong to him and not to Christ, how could this have been a temptation? If Jesus knew that, well, you might think you own these kingdoms, but they belong to me. If that was a fact, wouldn't he have said so? How would this even have been a temptation if it were a lie? Now, I propose that it was no lie. It was the truth. And as, as a matter of fact, if you look in other Gospels at the same story, I forget which one says it. I think it's Luke. 
If you look at this gospel in another story, Satan elaborates on this point. He looks at Jesus and says, uh, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. They are mine. They were given unto me, and I will give them to whomsoever I will. Yeah, but he's a liar. Aren't you over that yet? <laughs> Don't you understand yet that this is true? If it were not true, it would not be a temptation. But it is true. And it was a temptation. This tells me that not only has Jesus uh, affected uh, in, in many areas in lives personally, but that his redemption plan includes this earth. His in intention is to include this earth in his redemption. He will have the kingdoms of this earth again. In the book of Revelation, it talks about um, how um, when, when he comes again, he says, Behold, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our God. When we hear Jesus talk about those end times and when people are judged for what they do, <laughs> when, he, when people are judged, not for what they believe, but for what they do, uh, how are they rewarded? Well, the Bible says that Jesus um, awards kingdoms to these different people. Um, you've been faithful in one. Uh, I'm going to make you ruler over many. These kind of things happen. And uh, I'd like to ask you, where do these kingdoms come from? If we're all going to heaven when we die, there's only one kingdom there. And he can't give that to anybody. <laughs> but uh, where are all these kingdoms coming from? Well, they're the kingdoms of this earth. Because, well, I mean, th that's another basic misconception that a lot of people have, that we're going to heaven when we die. Well, we're not going to heaven when we die. Heaven's coming to us. Uh, that city of God comes down uh, out of heaven from God. This is the bride of Christ. This is uh, the, the kingdom, the, the city of our God that comes down from God out of heaven. And there he sets up his kingdom. And we're to be a part of that kingdom. And not only a part of it, but there'll be people among us who were faithful in what they did and how they did it um, and that will be rewarded by being come rulers over those cities and such. Now, that's an interesting thought in itself. But this is the kind of uh, this is the kind of thing that we might put into a category of being secondary or even tertiary when it comes to uh, Christ's redemption on the earth. But it was very important to him, so important that. Satan knew it was part of the redemption plan. Satan tried to and did tempt Jesus with that portion of the redemption plan. So it's obviously more important to him than it is to us. We hardly know anything about this. We don't even understand the kingdom of God being established here on the earth. We don't understand the city of God coming down from, from God out of heaven. 
we know very, very little about our life on this earth during this uh, time of, of tribulation um, that, that we will go through, breaking out into the millennial reign of Christ um, when the resurrection takes place and we become a part of his kingdom. We know very little about this. Frankly, I think it's because we just don't believe it. You know, we talk about it all the time. We talk about going to heaven when you die. Everybody's going to heaven when they die. Grandma died. She's in heaven and these kind of things. And we, we just played with these thoughts so long that, why, there's just nothing else to believe. <laughs> well, how about the truth? How about what the scriptures actually say? You're going to be surprised, I think, at what the scriptures actually say about our redemption, where we're going and what we're doing and these kind of things. Um, we're going to cover it. You know, uh, I, I enjoy uh, talking about the red words in the scriptures, but I know sometimes they go against what we have always believed and what our friends and loved ones have taught. And, and sometimes I come across, I don't know, perhaps too comical, lighthearted sometimes too. People think that it's hard sometimes or I'm making fun or these kind of things. I'm I just want you to know that, um, okay, perhaps I'm not as solemn as, as you think I should be, but uh, these things are, are very important. They're very important to me. I'd like them to become important to you. I'd like them to be uh, a part of your Christian life to the point that there's so much a part of your Christian life that when your kids or your grandkids come and ask you why you do what you do, why you believe what you believe, that you have something to say to them other than the the cliche and trite sayings that you learned in your Sunday school literature or that you learned, that you learned from some smart mouth preacher that had a great retort for somebody who didn't believe what he had to say or whatever. You know, we just need to quit living like this. and We need to start living from our hearts and, 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 and let's show to the world what, what is important to us. And I'm just afraid some of these things just aren't that important. You know you have a destiny. You know you have an end to your life. You know that's coming. Um, perhaps if, if the Lord allows and it, and it shows up in the red words, uh, I'll talk to you about the, the three uh, ends of our life. Um, there, are, uh, th there can be as many as three ends. And, um, but one is for sure. I don't know if you're going to see the Lord return in your lifetime. I don't know if you're going to see the tribulation. You're going to see the Antichrist. You're going to see these things come to pass. I don't know that. Here's something that I do know, that uh, one day you'll close your eyes never to open them again until the resurrection, whether that be the resurrection of the just or the resurrection of the unjust. And um, you should know, as we started out in this program talking about the fact that there is a concept of being too late. I don't want that to happen to you. Um, but there is such a thing. Join us next time to hear more on the words of Jesus. We sure want to hear from you. If you're watching this show, uh, will you send me an email? Just send it to Don at thinkreading.com or write to Think Red Ink Ministries at P.O. Box 718, Pytown, New Mexico, 87827. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com. 
Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.